well, good morning. Thank you, Anthony. I'm excited for today. I hope you guys are expectant to meet uh, with Jesus. I want to share a quick testimony. Who of you were here last week uh, with me eating shamelessly in front of you? Okay, so that's the first question. Second question, who succumbed to the temptation and went to buy Krispy Kremes after the service? Put your hands up really high. Can we, can we applaud these people? That's amazing. <laughs> so this morning, I want to take it a step further. Um, there's a family in our church, and you'll see a picture in a minute, but um, they went uh, right after the service, and they bought a box of Krispy Kremes, and they went down to the beach, and they literally were waiting on the Lord to show them people. They walked up to the people, and they shared the gospel, and some of these people responded. And here's a picture of a man called Nicholas who accepted Jesus that Sunday right after church, and after he accepted Jesus, and they prayed for him, they gave him a Krispy Kreme donut. Isn't that amazing? Okay, we just thank God for faithfulness. So it's literally as simple as going down to the beach and starting a conversation with someone, introducing them to Jesus, and then sharing something with them. I just, I, I looked at that and I was so inspired. That's how simple it is to put the Word of God into practice. And this morning, we have the opportunity again to put the Word of God into practice. And I want to ask you a question, are you ready to do it? Because we can, we can be reading it, we can be singing it, we can be prophesying it, we can be praying it. But if your heart is not positioned and say, Lord, I am ready to put your word into practice, it's not going to mean anything to you. So this morning we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to be journeying through some moments of prayer. We're going to be journeying through some moments of inspiration. We're going to be looking at a whole lot of scripture. We're going to have a moment of some prophetic ministry. We're going to have a moment of praying together in our groups. We're going to have a moment to open up the word and, and read one of the conversations of Jesus. But in all of it, I want to read this verse to you out of Psalm 34 that says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Isn't that amazing? So this morning we are gathered to seek the Lord. And I believe as we seek him, he will be the deliverer in our midst. He will be the deliverer addressing the fears that we might have. Now, sometimes we think that once, once we feel fear, we are sinful because of it. Fear is a very real emotion that God has given humans to feel. It's what you do with the fear that either goes away from God or pushes you towards God. And this morning, I want to say, every nation sounds west, can we lean into Jesus? Can we lean into God and let our fear drive us to Him? A.W. Tozer said this, he said, when the world is scared, it needs a fearless church. When the world is scared, a scared world needs a fearless church. And this morning, we're going to have the opportunity to act on the word of God and say, God, you promise that if I seek you, you will deliver my soul and my emotions and my spirit from this thing called fear. And he can actually do that. Do you believe it this morning? Now, I, I just want to take one step back, and I don't know if you guys saw some of the videos that's been making the rounds of what's happening in Italy, but if you, if you have seen any of the news, Italy is one of the nations that has been hit the hardest with uh, COVID-19, which is, for those of you who aren't aware, although I, I think everyone is pretty aware, is the virus that is now called a pandemic across the world. And since yesterday, there's been these videos circulating of the Italians gathering on their balconies in their communities making music together. So just look at this video to be inspired for a moment. 
Isn't that amazing? I look at that and I read the comments and what comes to mind is what people are saying, how resilient is the human spirit to be in the midst of so much pain and fear and intimidation that these people would still gather as a community and sing together. And I, I, I want to say, well, if that is what the human spirit looks like, without Jesus in the mix, how much more should it look like when we add Jesus in the mix? Then we should be the church that walks these streets of our city proclaiming the praises of Jesus fearlessly. Because the scared world is in need of a fearless church. Then we should be the church of God that believes that we have the answer of hope because in fact the world is looking for someone who can just give you a little bit of hope in this moment. And I want to remind us of something that happened in Acts chapter 4. The church was born and the church was immediately persecuted by the opposition. And in Acts chapter 4, they got together after Paul, uh, sorry, Peter was released from the, the gathering of, of the, the leaders around them. And it said this, when the church got together and, and when they heard what happened, they lifted their voices together to God. What's the first response we do as the church when we are threatened is to raise our voices to God. That's where we start. So if you weren't sure what to do up until now, here it is. Lift your voice to God. And they said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. How do we lift up our voices? Positioning it on truth and on the incredible size that our God is in comparison to the small things in the world around us. He created the heavens and the earth. And then they said this, And now, Lord, Look upon their threats. Lord, look upon the threats that we have. It is not our job as the church or the followers of Jesus to look at the threats. That's the job of Jesus. So maybe some of you have been looking the threats straight in the eyes. You've been trying to do it. That's not your job. Whatever threat we're facing, we can say, Lord, you look upon that. And then what do you do to us? Lord, grant us boldness to speak your word. Let us continue to be the church. While you stretch out your hand to heal. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that so applicable today? And sign the wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And then Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So this morning, we're going to be the church that do things according to the word. We're going to say, okay, Lord, there are some real threats. And I'm not just talking about a virus. I'm talking about economy. I'm talking about safety. I'm talking about crime. I'm talking about relationships. All of us have threats knocking at the door of our hearts this morning. But we're not going to look at that. We're going to say, Lord, we put our eyes on the sovereign Lord who is above everything. And then we're going to pray, Lord, that we would be bold. Because if the world can be that bold... And anyone stands in awe of that. What should your church look like, Lord? We've got, to be, we've got to be the leaders in this. We've got to be the ones that says, we're going to sing in the streets, take the worship to the streets, be a people of joy. Let us rejoice today because this is the day that the Lord has made. We're not going to be cast down. We're not going to be looking down. We're not going to shrink back. We're going to be confident in Jesus. And we're going to pray for more confidence and more boldness to stand on His truth. And then there's the promise of the Holy Spirit that comes and fills us again. 
So it's the second time that the Holy Spirit fell upon the believers and filled them again. So this morning, there's an opportunity again for the Holy Spirit to fill us so that we can be a church who in today's day and age speaks the truth of Jesus to the world. So let's stand together. And we're going to respond simply by now lifting our voices in worship to the sovereign God. That's all we're going to do. And then later on this morning, we're going to be praying for boldness. And we're going to be praying against the spirit that's around and trying to to pull us down. But for now, for the next few moments, can we just simply put all other things aside and focus on the supremacy of Christ? You see, before this new C word entered into our world, there was the original C word, Christ, that pre-existed before all of this. Just think about that for a moment. He is before all things and he holds all things together. He's holding the world together today. He's holding us, his church together. So for the next 10 minutes, all we do is gonna lift our voices to sovereign God. That's all. If you have any other thoughts, just say, Lord Jesus, I focus on you. I take every thought captive. I take the fear of my heart captive. I take the disbelief captive. I take my opinion captive. And we're just gonna focus on you, the sovereign Lord. We're gonna behold your beauty, your perfection, and your supremacy here this morning. Let's worship together. Yes, Lord Jesus, we respond to the truth of who you are this morning. That is the only truth that matters. Jesus, because one day when you return, that is the only question that'll matter is what did we do with the truth of Jesus Christ? So I pray, Lord, that you would shift your church back again to the place that we know we exist for an intimate walk and life with Jesus, and we exist to make Jesus known to this world. And that is it, Lord, and that settles it, and that is enough for us to know this morning, Lord, and we are backed with this confidence that you are truthful, that we can worship you according to your truth with our spirits. And once when we sing these songs and when we declare these things, that you are the promise keeper and the way maker, that you are the light in the darkness, Lord, we are, we are just declaring your truth. And it settles all the other voices in our midst. It's who you are, Lord. That's what we are after. We behold you this morning. We don't stand in awe of the panic in the world. We stand in awe of Jesus. We aren't awed by the realities. We are awed by the ultimate reality that existed before all of it, and that's you. Captivate our hearts again to stand in awe of you. Lord, I pray any heart here this morning that is, in, that is awed and fear-filled by everything else, Lord, that you would quiet right now and that there would be a revelation again of who we are communing with this morning. Give us a revelation again that we are addressing in our prayer and our worship this morning. The creator of all things, the sustainer of all things, the grace giver, the perfect, perfect love, 
that casts out anything else, Lord, which is not from you. On Thursday morning, I was at a leaders gathering and we had a moment of worship and I felt the Lord lead me to just kneel and be in his presence, just not caring that much for the room around me, just a personal moment. And the Lord showed me a prophetic image that at first I didn't quite understand, but I'm gonna take us to the scripture in a moment because the Lord then led me to a scripture and he, he showed to me what he was, was wanting to share. And I saw an image of, a, of a, a flower, a plant that was emerging from a pot of soil and it was growing and it was growing at a good pace and a steady pace and there was a flower that bloomed on the top but all of a sudden the growth in this, this plant stopped and this flower looked down at the pot of soil and it recognized that that in which it is contained is limited. That in which it is growing seems small and it, it is almost like it's squashing its growth. And the next moment in the vision I saw how the sun rised behind this plant and this flower and as the sun rose the the flower's head was turned towards the sun and it continued to grow and grow and grow and grow until such a point that the hand of the Lord came and he pulled the flower out of the pot and brought it to himself when I saw this vision I'm like Lord what are you trying to say and the Lord immediately led me to Malachi 4 I'm going to read it to us for behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and evildoers will be stubble. The day is coming that shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Let's pause here for a moment. The Lord showed to me that this world that we're living in is the root and branch. And that we have an opportunity here. We can focus on that and look at our economic circumstances we can look at the fear, we can look at disease, we can look at, uh, at our scared environments and our communities, and what it would do is it will stop growing into the fullness of what God has. But here's the promise for His people. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings, and you shall go out leaping like calves from the storm. And the Lord asked me, Pierre, where is the church focus at? Are you looking at the limitations? Are you looking at, at the small environment that you might be placed in or even the things of this world that seems like it's containing you? Or are you looking towards the sun which is rising over you so that you can live in the fullness of what God has and that you can live in joy? Because those who do will go running into this world like calves running out of a stall to enjoy the pastures of His goodness. And it rested my heart at first. I'm like, Lord, yes, I confess that I've been looking down. I've been looking at the realities. I've been looking at the pot of soil that feels so small and it's not enough. But I choose this morning to look at the sun that is rising over your church. Choose this morning that I'm looking at the sun that is rising over our nation. And for those who fear your name, Lord, it will rise. So Lord, I shift my fear of the world and I put my fear back in its rightful place where I stand in awe of you. Where I stand in awe of the sun that is rising. The promise of Jesus, of life forevermore, of blessings of abundance. And in that moment when the Lord, the Lord led me through that, something happened inside of my spirit that's just like, Lord, I wanna be running 
like that calf. I've got a video to show you this morning. I, I went and Googled what it looks like. These sheep were released for the first time after a whole long winter season to go into the pastures. Just look at how they react. Give them a moment. They're waking up to it. Some of us are slow like that when it comes to the things of the Lord. And all of a sudden, they just go. You see, sometimes we've got to see the visual of what the Lord is describing in His Word. Just look at that. Isn't that amazing? Completely free, liberated, joyful, excited, on fire, zealous, not being held back anymore. Check there, they're going to have a little race there in the corner. Isn't that amazing? So I want to ask you, do you want to live like that when it comes to God? Because I believe he wants to open the gate in the spirit for some of us this morning. He's ready to say, I'm, I'm going to open the gate. But it's going to take you looking at me who's rising over the circumstances, fearing my name to get going like that. And I believe that's possible. So if you want that in your life this morning, just stand. Say, okay, yes, Lord, I, I believe the scripture. I, I hear what you're saying, Lord. I have been looking down. I have been contained just like these calves just like the plant, Lord, but I believe that you are rising with healing in your wings, healing over my fears, healing over my emotions, healing over sickness, healing over the, the trouble we have in this world and our brokenness. You are rising over it, Lord, and we want to be released like calves from the store, Lord. So I pray this morning that you would open up the gates, Lord, that you would open up the gates, lift all your gates, and let the King of glory come in because the King is in our midst. And he is calling us, Lord, to run with fervor and zeal and faith and passion into this world. Lord, I pray that you would move people in this moment from gates that's been holding them back. And that you would set them free in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that you would break the gate of fear and anxiety in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Come and deliver us this morning from our fears, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would, gate, that you would break the gate of lack in Jesus' name this morning. Let us run in the abundance of life that you have for us. Lord, I pray that you would lift the gates of our minds that is limiting us in who you are. That you would lift those gates this morning. Lord, come and open up the gate to your church to be this fiery vessel that needs to run into this world with joy, Lord. And we choose joy this morning, Lord. We choose that by the power of your Holy Spirit, a joy would rise up in our hearts in Jesus' name. Lord, come and open up our hearts, open up the gates of our hearts. Let the King of glory come in and reside inside of us that we can go out leaping with joy, leaping with fervor, leaping with excitement, leaping with passion because we serve the King of kings who is above all things, Lord. We lift our heads this morning and we focus on you, Jesus. And we say that in Jesus. Lord, if there's one thing we know is that the earth is filled with your glory. Lord, we see the mountain this morning and it's standing there confident of its maker. See the birds of the air that is looking for food and they find food. See the grass that's growing. The flowers of the field. And day after day, confidently standing knowing that the maker has promised displaying your glory to this earth if there's one thing that this earth is filled with it's your glory Lord and our proper response is just to stand in awe and say you are holy Lord 
Well, thank you that you are helping us move our eyes onto your glory this morning. That you are helping us put our hearts onto your holiness. Who is the King of glory? It's the Lord, strong and mighty. Lord, we open up our hearts. We open up the gates. We say, let this King of glory reside with us. Jesus, you said that you and the Father is making your dwelling amongst us. What a powerful idea. That we, your church, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That the glory of God resides inside of us. It's not just outside in nature and in this world that we see, but it's inside of us, Lord. So may we, in a moment like we are in today, where the world is focusing on everything else that is filling our space and our mind and our news channels and our feeds, may we know that we are infilled with the same power and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead and Christ in us is the hope of glory. Lord, may we be glory carriers. May the church rise up. May we be those calls that run out through these gates this morning when we are done meeting together, rejoicing that the glory of God is inside of us. Lord, how humbling that you would choose us as humans to display your glory to the world. Even when we make mistakes, even when we sin, your glory is readily available to restore us back through grace. You even use that, Lord, to show your glory to the world because you are just so incredibly indescribable like that. Lord, I pray that our lips will be filled with worship unto you that the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts would be on your glory, your worth, and your perfection. Trust you for that in Jesus' name. You guys can take your seats. There's a couple of things that we're just gonna do before we study the Bible together. Uh, I just want to take a moment to give you a transparent update on the finances of Every Nation, Somerset West. And this morning, we're not going to be taking up an offering. Instead, we're going to be praying together. Uh, when, when the budget is a little bit tight in our home, and maybe it's the same for you guys, um, especially today and the reality of, of the economy around us, then something that, that we do is we try as a family to get together and talk about it and just say, guys, here's the reality the reality is not there to cause any fear or dismay, but the reality is that we've got to talk about it and know about it and then think through it and act wisely in accordance to it. And I hope it's the same for you as a family when, when the budget is under strain that you have these conversations. It's, it's a responsible conversation to have. So this morning, I, I want to stand in, in representing the eldership team and our financial committee and just saying, guys, we've got to have to have that talk as every nation comes to West. And I want to put a T's and C's apply in here before I speak to you about the reality and in transparent ways about where we are at. This is by no means to make you feel guilty or ashamed or that you should do better. Because this is a generous church and you guys are incredibly generous. But we are together as a household on miracle ground at the moment. 
It's not just the responsibility of the elders and the finance committee to figure this out. We are the body together. We've got to, we've got to trust God together. And as it stands is that last month was our, our worst income month, um, I guess, in the last uh, four years. And that has led us to not being able to pay quite a lot of our um, bills that needed to be paid. Now, some of these bills come with some grace. And sadly, those bills that come with grace are those where we give outside of this context. And we had to pull back on some of our giving last, last month. And as it stands today, we are just not sure that we're going to get through the month of March. But we believe in God for a miracle. And we wanted to share that with you so that you guys know that we are in this together. I'm going to be sharing in a moment about the disciples being in the boat when the storm came. And I thought about that. They were in the boat together. And it would be, it would be a missed opportunity to just say, yeah, we've got faith, everything will be fine, and not include you guys into the reality of where we are at. So all we're going to do this, mo this morning is we're going to take a moment and praise and, and small little groupings of twos and threes. And we're just going to say, God, we believe that you're the provider. We believe that you are true over your word. We pray, Lord, that you would release upon this house and upon the households represented here and the families financial blessing so that we can, can continue to do the work that you have called us to do, so that we can continue to be a generous church, not just here for us, but especially outside of our borders, to places like Zola and Kailicha and Europe and every nation in Southern Africa. Because those are the areas that take strain the moment that We've got to pay things like rent and a few other places. So I hope you guys appreciate that we can be transparent about it this morning. But I'm also sharing this because I know that we're going to see a miracle working of God in our midst. And I want to be able to stand here in weeks to come and say God has been faithful. Because we have been trusting him together as a family. So instead of taking up money this morning, we're just going to be praying and saying God we trust you. We look to you. You are the finisher and the perfecter of our faith, and that which you have started in this house, you will complete. Lord, and, and you say in your word in Psalms that young lions go and they, they, they are hungry, but the household of God will not lack any good thing. So can we, with faith, pray together for a miracle in the season to come? Can we, with faith, pray together for one another and say, Lord, bless the household in front of me. Bless the fam family that I'm praying with. May they receive the same way the blessings they need through their work and work opportunities and, and hard work to be able to budget and get through the month. Let's be the people of God and pray into that for the next three to four minutes. You guys can make groups and let's trust God together. Thank you, Lord, that we can rest in your promises. Thank you, Lord, that you have always been faithful and you will continue to be. Lord, and I pray a simple prayer, Lord, that you would give us wisdom your word says that if we ask for wisdom, you give without reproach. So we ask this morning that you would give wisdom to the incredible team of guys that's leading our finances. Lord, as they meet tonight, Father, that you would speak to them by the power of your Holy Spirit and that you would show us what we need to see, Lord. And with the wisdom, Lord, we pray that you would do a miracle working in our midst, Father. I pray, Lord, for the families that can relate to this, this moment in a real way where there has been too little and it, fear has been knocking at their hearts. I pray, Lord, for miracle and miraculous things to happen in their midst. Lord, we choose not to be intimidated. 
We choose, Lord, for our souls to be steadied by you. And thank you, Lord, that again your church has the opportunity to be representing hope in today's economic times. Thank you, Lord, that I believe that every nation of the West is a generous church and will continue to be a generous church because you are our faithful provider. And for that, we honor you. In Jesus' name, we all say, Amen. Amen. One more thing I'd like to share before I share a brief message, uh, a conversation with you this morning, is that I just wanted to talk about this, uh, this reality that we're facing with the COVID-19 virus. Um, you might have received communication from other churches in Somerset West or uh, around the world, and you've seen people are shutting down their meetings. And so as an eldership team, we are meeting about some, some of this tonight and just what would be our strategy and our plans going forward. What happens in the case that if Beaumont Primary says they have to close the doors for a season, how does it affect us and what does meeting look like? Should we meet in big groups? Should we not? Obviously, we're going to be wise in our decisions based on what our government is suggesting we do, but we just wanted you to know that we are thinking through the practicalities of this as well. Before we talked about that, we just wanted to address the spiritual side of where we stand as the church of God, that we are fearless and we are focusing on His glory in the earth. So we've gone through a bit of that, but we just wanted to say that we are going to think through what this means practically for us if it is so that the COVID-19 virus spreads further in our nation. In all of that, we can pray daily that God would protect our people. I think especially about those with suppressed immune systems in our township communities, where if this virus gets in there, it is going to be really hard and heartbreaking and really tough. So we've got to be interceding for our nation. We've got to be trusting God that it doesn't come and, and spread any further. The reality is that data shows something different. And we as leaders will be mindful of your health, but in the same time, we will also say we're not going to shrink back in fear. We're going to think through that balance of wisdom and, and gathering, because that's what the church of God does. It's so clear in the New Testament that where there were threats, they gathered, but we will be wise. So bear with us, pray for us as we make decisions. Um, I realize that any decision we make might have two sides to it, like, no, we should have faith and gather, and others like, no, we should not. In all of that, can we not focus on any self-preservation and self-theologies, but can we say, let's align to the word of God in a moment like this. And let's trust God that he would lead the leadership of this church to make the right decisions. Please, let's, let's do that. Let's not cause any more alarm. And a lot of that, on a hopeful side, I'd love to share a video with you that was released two days ago by Every Nation China. So they have not been meeting publicly for uh, the, the past couple of months and it's, this is one of our leaders from China sharing a little bit of a, a story and a testimony. So I'm sharing this just to inspire you this morning that the church of God is strong and stronger and keeps growing amidst the realities that we are facing. So let's be inspired by this. It's time for us to seek God for a spiritual response to this situation. We have not been holding the Sunday service prayer meetings, small groups, or staff meeting for the past about five weeks. So when the outbreak started, we rallied the people to join online and listen to the service. We asked people to seek the message from above, from God. So we provide a spiritual voice for them. 
We also have an online five-day prayer and fasting. So more than 300 people gather together online for five evenings. So we're praying and planning how to bless Wuhan when the city reopens. We could imagine how traumatized many families are due to the thousands of Wuhan citizens who die of this coronavirus. So there's no better time to bring the message of the gospel in a life and death situation like this. We're thankful to our Avenation Global Spiritual Family who have been praying for us during this hardship. The advantage of Avenation Church is that we are a global spiritual family that had a solid foundation in our relationship. I feel we had the advantage that other churches don't have. They have the news. We have each other. God give us a song. So entitled, The Shepherd of the City. In the lyrics, there's a line, Lord, let me be your hands to do what you want to do on earth. Let me be your feet to walk the path that you have walked on earth. And we're gonna sing it when the city reopens and hopefully God can use us to touch the brokenhearted. It's inspiring, right? And humbling at the same time. So I'm also sharing that. I love the line that he said, we have an advantage as an every nation family that we are a global family who cover each other in prayer. So let's be praying, not just for ourselves, not just for our community, but globally in a time like this. Please open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. We're going to be reading a short conversation that Jesus had with his disciples, but also with nature. And this, I believe, will just bring the whole morning for us together in a powerful way. I was thinking about it this week, because there's a whole lot of WhatsApps flying around and fake news and opinions and voice messages and the one thing that we have that is always truth is the word. So let's be people of the word and turn to the word. We, we can't even trust, and hear my heart when I say this, every prophetic word that comes our way because sometimes a prophetic word is not from God. It is man made up. It happens. It's been proven over time. That's why the Bible says you better taste every prophetic word. Make sure that it's aligned to the word of God. So we have the word and we're going to let the word minister to us this morning in light of everything that's happening. Before we read this conversation, I want to bring your attention to a few things that Jesus has said in some of his other conversations. Just listen to the things that Jesus has said. In this world, you will have trouble. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let your hearts be afraid. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Do not fear, only believe. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. It's the words of Jesus this morning. Isn't that powerful? Isn't it challenging at the same time? So let's read together what happens in this story in Mark chapter 4. We're going to be reading there from verse 35. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us grow across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, 
they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Lord Jesus, I pray that as we look at this conversation, that your truth would speak to our hearts and Holy Spirit, that you would anoint your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What an interesting story. And I want to say that, that storms is part of life. There's no way that a single human being can go through an entire lifespan and not face a storm. Even if that storm comes right at the end, storms are just part of life. Jesus said this, in this life you will have trouble. I would love it if Jesus had said, in this life there's going to be no trouble. Because since you're following me, everything is going to be absolutely perfect. But that's not the theology that we see in the word of God and the words of Jesus. He says, you will have trouble, but take heart. That's the admonishment. And in this moment, we see how the disciples were set up to go through a storm. And our, morning, our, our goal this morning is to see how did Jesus respond during the storm. First thing that we see in this short passage is that Jesus allows the storm. When evening had come, he said to them, let us go to the other side. So there was a double whammy of storm facing for these guys. First of all, it was nighttime. It's like, okay, now that it's dark, let's get into our little boats and go to the other side of the sea. Now, I guess some of these fishermen were already used to it because that's how they fished. But there were some other believers of Jesus that came along in boats as well and some other disciples that weren't fishermen. So to them, it might have been a fearful thought. We're going to cross in the middle of the night on a boat. And then to add into the mix, a storm rose up and it said it was a terrible, strong, crazy storm that happened. But it's so interesting that it seems like Jesus almost sent them into it. It's almost like he's like, guys, let's go to the other side knowing that something is going to happen. It seems like Jesus allows the storm to happen here. And you might have asked the question, why, Lord? Why do you allow the storm to happen? But according to the words of Jesus that I just read this morning, all authority belongs to him. And if all authority belongs to him, then everything has to pass by him. Which means that anything that happens in our life and happens in this world first has to pass by the seat of authority, which Jesus is, and say, can we? And then God says, yes or no. We see this in the book of Job. Where the enemy came to God and says, can I test him? And God allowed it. If he is seated in his throne of authority, we have to understand, and this is difficult, but we've got to trust him that what happens in this world is allowed by him. Because he and he, him and his authority is over all of this. So in whatever we're facing today, his authority has allowed it. But Christ is on his throne and he's on his seat of authority. 
Now, you might just say, well, hold on. So you're telling me that what's happening in the world right now, God is saying, this may happen. I'm saying yes. Some of our theologies are shaking at the moment, but let me take you to the word of God in Isaiah 45, where he speaks to his people. Listen to what he says. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. Is it that arresting? I'm the Lord who does all these things. Shower, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds rain down righteousness. That's the goal. That's why all these things is happening. It's the goal of righteousness. Let the earth open that salvation and righteousness may bear fruit. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. I, the Lord, have created it. God is saying in Isaiah 45, and go and read it and meditate on it, that I'm bringing light but also darkness. I'm making whole and well and healthy, but I'm also allowing calamity. And what's the purpose of it? It's so that the earth would open up for righteousness and salvation to come. So today in the storm that we are facing, there's an open earth so that the righteousness and the salvation and the gospel message of Jesus can advance in this world. We are standing at the brink of an incredible opportunity to address the people in our communities with the hope of Jesus Christ. That when they are forwarding their WhatsApps filled with fear, we can respond with the word of Jesus. That we will not shrink back, but we can have a confidence that once more the heavens and the earth will be shaken, but those who are the kingdom of God will not be shaken. We will stand. So he's allowing this moment in his sovereign understanding and wisdom and ways that are so much higher than our ways. He's allowing all of this for salvation and righteousness to sprout up from the earth. That excites me. Puts in my heart a desire to now take the gospel like never before. Because that's what he said he's doing. Jesus allows the storms in our lives. And sometimes, I want to say most times, he sends us right into it. Because there's an openness that comes so that righteousness can come to our lives. And salvation is available around us. But then we also see, secondly, that Jesus is not intimidated by the storm. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling, but he was asleep on a cushion. He got his favorite pillow out and went down, and like, storm's happening, I'm resting. Because sometimes we think when things are going crazy, that Jesus might have given up his throne, and he's not in control anymore. But it's just because of our human nature, we get intimidated by the reality around us. But Jesus shows us that he's not intimidated. He's not intimidated by what we're facing. He remains in perfect peace. He remains in his position of authority. And it is quite a, a, a descriptive moment. It says that it was a windstorm and a great windstorm. And the waves were breaking against the boat and the water started gushing in. So these guys were thinking, we're sinking. This is the last moment. Whoever you have felt like this is the last moment in your life before. Whoever you have gotten out of that before, it's exactly the same today. So even though it feels like the water is gushing into our world and, and the storm is upon us and we are about to sink, Jesus is not intimidated. And if we align to him, he can steady our hearts and we too don't have to be intimidated. He allows and intends for us to be fully human so that he can show himself to be fully God. He knows 
that in these moments we're going to run around crazy because we're human. It's the way that we are. But he's saying, hey, guys, I've got this. I've got this so much that I'm, I'm just taking a nap. Don't worry too much. Don't go running around crazy. Then the question arose from the, the lips of the disciples. Teacher, do you not care? I want to say to us this morning that Jesus cares, but he cares what the storm reveals. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And then he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? I love how Jesus has a conversation. He doesn't answer the questions directly. He comes and he teaches something else. So when they say, teacher, you don't care? And be it far from us to have those words in our lips and our hearts against God, that God doesn't care. Because if he did, he would have, you know, those conversations. Jesus didn't even address that. He just stood up in his rightful place and he said three things. Peace, be still, I think might have been two words in the original language. Two words and everything settled. He didn't feel the need to prove himself to his disciples that he cares. But what he does show is that he cares at what is revealed in the hearts of the disciples. And storms has a way to reveal what we're carrying on the inside. The storm we are facing at the moment as a nation reveals what is really on the inside of us. And to these disciples, it revealed that they were living in fear and anxiety. They were not living in faith. And Jesus said, that's the real storm that I want to address. Because about that I care. So in a moment like we are facing today, we have to know that it's going to be revealing. But in that revealing, we don't have to be left there. There's an opportunity to be aligned again to the truth of God. That's what we're doing this morning. That's why we're gathering, is to align again to the truth of God. And Jesus quickly reminds them that you, my followers, you can't stay in anxiety. You've got to move into, into faith. The root word here for why are you afraid is different to the root word phobos, which we'll look at in a moment which means why are you timid? Why are you intimidated? Why are you shaking and becoming small when you are filled with the faith that I give you? So Jesus cares about what the storm reveals. And then in him, he holds the remedy to their fear or their timidity and their anxiety he says the remedy to shrinking back is to apply faith again. Faith in the character of God. Faith to believe that he does what he says. Faith to believe that he is the creator of all things, that he allows all things, but that he is in his throne of authority. You see, when, sometimes when we think about fear, we, we feel it's a sin to feel fear. And I want to just say that this morning, it's not. The emotion fear is a God-given emotion. Just like the emotion anger is, a God-given emotion. What we do with that emotion pulls us into one of two ways. The glory of Jesus or away from Christ into sinfulness. So I want to tell you this morning, if you're feeling fear, recognize it. Be transparent about it. Like, I am afraid. Like these disciples, Jesus, we're afraid. We're about to die. He didn't rebuke them for being afraid he rebuked him for being timid because of the fear. Different root words. He said, I get that the storm is intimidating. 
But why, because of that and the emotion that you're feeling, are you all of a sudden small in stature, in your soul and in your spirit? Because I've made you to be filled with faith and standing up. So when you're feeling that emotion of fear, just let the remedy of faith come back to you. And the way we get faith, the Bible says faith comes by and hearing the word of God. Not a voice note from across the pond that puts more fear into you. The word of God. And lastly, Jesus has authority over the storm. Even though he sent them into the storm, even though he's not intimidated by it, even though he's using this storm so that their hearts would be revealed and he can address that and pull them back to the way that they should live and think, in all of that, he has the authority. It says, when they were, and they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Isn't that powerful? Their fear has shifted back to Jesus. That's the word there that's used, fear, phobos, where the word phobia comes from. And there is maybe a theology today in the church that says, no, no, it's not fear, it's just awe. Just, he's amazing. No, he is the one with all authority. He is the one on the throne. He is the one who allows light and darkness. He is the one who brings calamity and well-being. He is God over everything, and our hearts has to be awed by him again, and his perfection and the message of who he is in light of our brokenness. That's the fear that we respond to is that fear of your God. Above all these things in this world, you stand tall, and you're far greater. And when you speak, there's a different sense in my heart than when the storms speak to me. So I'm going to be listening to your words and how you speak. And in this church, we will be a people who walk in the fear of the Lord. Acts 9.31, walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Spirit, the church grew. It's a beautiful collide of the grace of God and the awareness of our humanity that comes together. And in that, the Holy Spirit meets us. And then there's a growth that comes. So this morning, the invitation is to shift our fear onto the amazing great, incredible, perfect, holy, fiery, fervent, indescribable, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, can I keep going, God that we serve, because he is far greater, and to the, disciples, to the Israelites, far more terrible than the biggest fear they could have faced in this world, and he says, my church, you can look me straight in the face, because I've made a way, because of the cross, because of the gospel, you can come right up close and we can be in intimate relationship. Isn't that beautiful? It makes the gospel just shine so much more brighter that he would allow us to come close. They were moved from their doubtful timidity to worshipful fear. And in essence, what happened here is Jesus said, peace, be still, and the disciples just ended up in awe. Oh, he's amazing. So I want to leave us with this thought. That Jesus could have woken up an hour before. And when the little dark cloud is just approaching, he could have in that moment said, stop, don't come near. But he didn't. He could have quenched the fire where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown into, but he didn't. 
He could have for generations and generations killed the individual who's persecuting his disciples unto the point of death and martyring the people of God. Because he's God, he could have just gone, but he didn't. Because in all of this, he wants us to live not in timidity towards the storms we're facing, but in awe towards who he is. And that's how we're going to do this. That's how we as a church are going to keep walking through the time that we are in. So once more this morning, and then we're done. We're going to just be singing one verse, one chorus of the song we've already sung this morning. Say, Lord, we're seeing that the earth is filled with you. It might be filling up with other things, but from the beginning it's been filled with you and your glory. And all we do is we stand and respond in awe towards you. Some of you literally might, might have to stand up and say, Lord, I've been facing this way. I've been facing down like a flower, but I'm putting up my head. I'm facing the other one. I'm facing towards the sun that is rising with righteousness and healing in its wings. That's the confidence we can have. We don't even have to fear death, people, because death was beaten at the cross. Death raised your sting. Because if that moment come and we say, okay, Lord, I'm done, I'm stepping because my body needs to die. Otherwise, we're not immortal. I'm stepping into the most beautiful place in the world. Your full presence. Your full perfection. Where sin won't be no more and when sickness and disease will really not be anymore. While we're still here, it's going to happen. But death is a victory. Death is the moment where the saints step in like, yes, Lord, here we are. And I want to stand in awe of that. I want us as a people to stand in awe of the promise of what we are living towards. So we're going to send you out with this melody. And far greater than the Italians standing on their balconies singing together, we will be a church who takes this melody into the world, that this earth is filled with His glory. There's an open earth at the moment, ready for righteousness and salvation to come. And we're going to take the opportunity, seek and save the lost, and share the gospel of Jesus with them. Let's stand together and let's close once more with a song of praise to Him.